Hello folks and welcome to Brown and Out, the podcast where we give voice to LGBTQ people of color in Vermont. And today we're talking to Chris Catabayo. And hi Chris, welcome to the show. <laughs> hi, you didn't butcher my name. What are a few things that people should know about you, Chris? Um, I'm a senior at UVM, studying sociology from New York. Um, that's about it. Yeah, <laughs> that's a pretty good general idea. You feel like that sums up your core identity? Yeah, for the most part. Okay. Oh, well, like, also Puerto Rican. Oh, okay. Very Latino, yeah. Oh, okay. So, that's a big part of your identity. Yeah. Now, you said you're a student at UVM, right? Yes, I am. <laughs> Studying sociology. <laughs> uh, can you tell us about some of your sociology classes and what you're learning? Yeah, right now, um, I'm only taking one, thankfully. Oh. oh, okay. You're a senior, aren't you? Yeah. Okay. So, I got all those prereqs out the way, but um, nice. it's an internship class. I'm working at Pathways, Vermont. Okay. Yeah, they focus on um, trying to get homeless people housing and like helping with they have mental health issues or like drug abuse issues. So yeah, but um, there are a lot of just like theory classes. Theory classes. You could imagine it's as fun as it sounds. No, no. I that, <laughs> when it comes to sociology theories and that they do sound fun actually to me. Um, so what's a, a recent theory of sociology you've been learning about? Um, right now it's symbolic interactionism, which is just like the interactions that you have shape the way that you view yourself and the world around you. Wow. Yeah. So I'm trying to like focus that theory on what I'm doing at my internship right now and trying to like see how the homeless people interact with people who aren't homeless and how that shapes their identity while also interacting with homeless, other homeless people. And how, like, they have a different perceived um, sense of self through those interactions. That is really interesting. Wow. Okay. <laughs> uh, I went to college for psychology, and um, I'm not sure if we got into... What is, it, what is the theory again? Symbolic interaction. Symbolic interaction. Okay. Yeah. That is neat stuff. But, I mean, yeah, that sounds like something, like, that would be a lot of fun. Yeah, kind of. It's like, it's a little bit hard because it's not so concrete, you know what I mean? It's like, just trying to figure the out... The theory of symbolic interaction. <laughs> exactly. It's kind of a new theory. It's not that new. Oh. Yeah, but it's just something new that I'm learning about. Okay. Yeah. And it's not very concrete, like a hard science. Yeah, exactly. I try to pay attention to my current local events, so I couldn't help but notice, um, um, yes, you being a student at UVM, there was a protest led by UVM students, and um, was it Black Lives Matter also? It was... Um, or in support of Black Lives Matter. <clears throat> yeah, it was in support of Black Lives Matter. Um, and I saw a picture with you, um, it looked, I mean... I don't know if I'm giving you too much credit or taking credit away from someone else who uh -huh. was more in a leadership role, but it looked like, to me, you were leading um, a protest. Yeah, um, I wasn't leading. I was definitely just, like, a participant. Mm -hmm. But um, the people who started the protest, 
um, her name's Harmony. Mm-hmm. She's the president of the BSU. Okay, uh, shout out to Harmony yeah, and the shout BSU. Out, shout out to Harmony and shout out to Angie, who's part of the Women of Color Coalition. And shout out to Amanda, who's part of Alianza Latinx, who are like the three main people that I know of anyway. Okay. Um, that are running No Names for Justice, which, ran, which um, started the protest. <clears throat> and these are all people at UVM, right? Yeah, all students. Mm-hmm. A lot of them are younger than I am, which is really nice. Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> Leading the way. That's awesome. Yeah, exactly. Have you always been a politically active type of person? Yeah, actually. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, tell us more about um, that. When did it start for you? It kind of, like, the first thing that I think about when it comes to, like, political action was when I was in, I think, elementary school. I was, That's um, quite early. Yeah. <laughs> I think. I, <laughs> I was living with my mom in the Bronx, and the area around us was just dirty. Like, it was just trashy. There was a whole bunch of garbage everywhere. And I was like, why are we living here? This kind of sucks. And why doesn't, like, the people pick up the trash? So me, my mom printed out a whole bunch of flyers that I made at her job. That basically being like, recycle, pick up the trash, <laughs> and all that stuff. And that just kind of started, like, my whole idea of politicism. You were, like, an environmental protester as a young kid. Yeah. Just trying <clears throat> to help people to remind them um, to pick up after themselves. Yeah. Recycle. Like, really basic, too. Right, yeah, res- yeah. Respect your home, you know, Okay. Because you wanted a better quality of life. Exactly. Okay. And then I went to, like, high school for environmental studies. Oh, okay. I studied... I have an environmental um, studies minor. Oh, right. okay. Right on. Cool. Yeah, cool. So. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> Thanks. Um, so, yeah. It's, like, a lot of political activism that I enjoy doing. Well, that's inspiring. I'm glad to see, you know... Like you mentioned, there are people younger than you also um, leading their own movements, but it's cool to see a person your age so politically engaged. That's awesome. Thanks. We mentioned that it's your senior year at UVM, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Congratulations. Thank you. On that. Um, So that means you've lived in Vermont for at least four years then, right? Yeah. Okay. And you also said that, you mentioned that you were from the Bronx, mm-hmm. um, which I think that anyone with just, like, any kind of knowledge of culture or <laughs> geography or um, politics or, like, did I ever say culture? Yeah, well, you did. Pop culture also, <laughs> just, like, if, you know, you have any sense of any place in America at all. Um, you know that Vermont and the Bronx are kind of different places. Just a little bit. Yeah. So (laughs) I think that it would be interesting, if you don't mind, to talk about what some of those differences are. Yeah. Um, Well, the Bronx is not as white. Okay. Is that true? Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. Um, so there's that just to, like, jump off from. Mm-hmm. And then there's, it's not as rural. Right. It's kind of strange for me. At least it was. It's not anymore. But when I first came here, it was a real shell shock because I was just, like, 
why does everything close at two? <laughs> like, like, it's a little bit weird for me. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, that small town um, aspect, even in Burlington, the largest city in the yeah. states, still kind of exists. Yeah, um, I grew up in St. Louis, mm-hmm. and um, I don't know. I don't. I didn't really stay there long enough to go to clubs and stuff like that. Um, but things definitely were open at an hour to accommodate folks with all types of occupations, you know, <laughs> exactly. like serving a very large metro area, and we're just not here, so um, I think sometimes coming from a city, it feels a little less convenient living, even in um, Burlington, like what we would consider a bigger city here. Yeah, right? like transit is a pain in the ass. Oh, like public transit? Yeah. Okay. I hate the buses here. You don't drive? I don't drive, so I have to take the bus or walk everywhere. Right. And I'm used to there being a few options <laughs> for how to get to a place, mm-hmm. and it's not as fast here. Meaning you could take the subway, bus... Yeah, those are like the main two. Right. I could take a ferry if I you, wanted you to. You could just ferry around yeah. New York. They Well, they make it easy for you then. Yeah. All those options. But here, like you said, mostly you're taking the bus, and mm-hmm. for those who don't know, that doesn't run very late, does it? It stops at, like, I think 9 to 10. Uh-huh. Yeah, and I'm just like, I don't have places to go still. You live on campus, mm-hmm. and so you're sometimes just trying to get downtown to Burlington. Yeah. Into greater Burlington, or... Inner Burlington? I'm not sure. <laughs> downtown. Yeah. <laughs> trying to get downtown. Um, and, uh, it's inconvenient if you want to, well, you could get down there by nine, it sounds like, but then how do you get back? Luckily, UVM has a shuttle bus. Oh, okay. Shout out to UVM shuttle bus. Yeah. Well, the junk bus is what we call it. Oh, I, I may or may not have heard that nickname for it before, but why would they call the UVM shuttle bus the drunk bus? Because after, like, 11 o'clock, everyone's a little plastered. Oh, the, these are the folks who need help coming back home from downtown. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You, you, you don't want to walk home when you're right. that drunk. Yeah, definitely. I understand that. <laughs> yeah, that, that is a big difference. You're coming from an urban, and I don't just mean that there's black and brown people there. I don't mean that by urban. I oh, mean, yeah. It's a city. It's an urban <clears throat> setting, um, the Bronx to rural Vermont. Things close earlier. What? What else was, as you say, a shell shock? Culturally, it was a shell shock. Oh. Yeah. There's cultural differences between Vermont and the Bronx? Just a few. Oh, well, let's yeah. talk about a few. Um, well, for me, it's like, in my area, I have a bunch of different places that, like, cater to brown people. So, like, Latino people, Indian people, like, Asian brown people. And, or Asian people in general, mm-hmm. not even just brown people. In the Bronx. Yeah, yeah, black people, you know, so it's like I could go to the Botanica if I need to buy, like, some flowers, some candles. I could go to the African shop if I wanted to buy some, like, meat or anything, you know what I mean? I have multiple Chinese food shops around me 
So that's always nice. The options are limitless. Sounds very multicultural. Yeah. We have the Lao truck open until like 5 a.m. Okay. So it's fun. You know, it's like you got a little taste of everything. Yeah. It sounds like they're servicing a lot of different people in that area. Yeah. But when you have a lot of different people, right. like, you they're, need to service them. Right. They're doing or they're just what gonna, they should be. Yeah. They're trying to make <laughs> a living, you know? Right. Those same people are opening businesses to... Uh, serve their own community. Yeah. It's very, like, kind of do-it-yourself vibe. And I feel like, like, when people talk about, like, the differences between, like, the big city mm-hmm. and smaller towns, they need to bring up, like, small businesses. Oh, right. You know what I mean? Like, that's what you kind of think about when it's a small town, but then, I don't know, I see a lot of small businesses in my neighborhood, you know? Right. Like, the grocery stores, they, it's not a company. You no. Know? It's not a giant organization, but... It's still a small business, and it's run by the people living in the area, and we all know each other, so it's like... That's very farm to table. Yeah, <laughs> we still have, like, that small town feel, because, yeah. at least in my neighborhood, but because I know everyone, you know? Right. I know the people who run the Chinese shop, who run the bodega, mm-hmm. but just because it's in a big city, I think that's not talked about as often. That a lot of <clears throat> small businesses thrive in bigger cities and a lot of neighborhoods depend on small business to anchor them even yeah. in big cities oh yeah so Vermont doesn't have like a, a copyright or a patent on uh, small businesses in that <laughs> kind of like culture yeah right well, yeah, that isn't talked about a whole heck of a lot and I wonder why that is any thoughts yeah. I I don't know I think that like people focus on the big city image which you know is what? I mean? Which is just like, oh, like, you have a whole bunch of shopping stores, and then it's like, a whole bunch of, like, really, like, chain restaurants, and stuff mm, like that. Corporate. Yeah, and it's like, even when you think of New York City, you're not thinking of the Bronx. You're thinking of Manhattan. Maybe not everyone is, yeah. Yeah, so it's like, you don't really, when you think of that, when you have that image in your head, you're not thinking of the less popularized areas. Right. That have a lot of those small businesses. <clears throat> and I think it has to do with the fact that like they cater to brown people. You know what I mean? Mm. And no one really talks about that. At least not that experience. I don't want to make you pick. No, but even, take it there. Even though, <laughs> but take it there. <laughs> even though I'm pretty sure I already know the answer. Um, what would you prefer? Where would you rather make your home then? Let's just take it all the way to the mm-hmm. extreme. You can only choose one. The Bronx or Vermont. Where are you going to settle? I would settle in the Bronx. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I got more bang for my buck. Oh, okay, yeah. okay. So, all these years in the wilderness and you haven't been totally brainwashed, you still want to go Yeah. back home. Okay. Well, I don't even know if I want to go, but I might move west. Ah, honest. yeah, classic expansion, move. you know. Yeah, it's a you know? wait, I'm I'm not sure that that means what what we what we mean. For this no, 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 no. <laughs> I'm not trying to colonize the West. Just to be clear, yeah. Chris is not trying to colonize anyone or anything. But but may move to the West. Yeah, I like I lived in Portland for a little while with my friend. We were talking about it in the car. Portland, Oregon? Yeah. Okay. For like a month with my friend. And I was just like, oh, this is cute. (laughs) This is real cute. It's like, it's kind of like Burlington. Mm -hmm. And the fact that it's like, it's still rural. You still have mountains. Like there's farms and stuff. But they have the big city. Right. You know? 
and that's nice and I don't know it's a really cute area it's really weird <laughs> funky uh-huh. you know? so I think I could see myself moving out there I've never been but it's pretty much a cliche <clears throat> at this point that Burlington and Portland have a lot in common oh yeah and uh, a lot of similar characters have you seen like Portlandia? Of course, yeah, yeah. I'm a, I'm a fan. I would say, yeah. That shows a good time. <laughs> yeah, it is a good time, <laughs> and it's a really good send up of um, certain parts of the culture, like in certain characters, like I said, and archetypes that we see in Burlington, which are like, like woke white people. Yeah, <laughs> like my favorite one, like the sketch that they do all the time, is like the feminist bookstore one. Uh huh. That's hilarious. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, you're out of here, like you said. You're, you're, oh, yeah. You're westward expansion. <laughs> um, so what will you miss about Vermont, then, in that case? Honestly, I'm going to miss UVM. Uh-huh. Yeah. I met so many good people at UVM, and I feel like I'm going to miss learning. Mm-hmm. I'm very into, like, that structure mm-hmm. of having, like, a schedule these are my classes that I need to go to. I feel like once I'm out of UVM, I'm going to be kind of insane. <laughs> Not insane. I feel like you have a good head on your shoulders. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I'm just not going to know what to do. I feel like I have too many ideas in my head on what could possibly happen. I want to do it all, but I can't do it all. That's awesome, but I mean, yeah. that's a great attitude, though. I like to think so. Ambitious. Yeah. Let's go with that. <laughs> you, you still could go on to graduate school, though. Yeah. And keep learning. That's true. I just think I need a break. Yeah, it's of like It's been like 20 years of just full education. Well, You're like, only human, of course. You yeah. Need a break. yeah. It's like, ugh. <laughs> <laughs> Let me live a little. <laughs> you deserve to live a little, for right? sure. Yes. But yeah, like the people were such a good time. I had so many good friends and... It's going to be kind of sad to see them go, you know? But luckily, a lot of people from my high school went to my university, too. Oh, okay. So, like, my best friend, who's Caitlin. Uh-huh. Um, shout out, Caitlin. Shout out, Caitlin. We live together, and she's, like, 10 minutes away from my house. Oh, okay. I train, so I'm going to see her. Oh, right, right, right. Well, that is great. <clears throat> yeah, it's nice when, yeah, you don't have to say goodbye right. and it's cool to go to school like with your friends you grew up with yeah it makes it feel more like home yeah she has seen me through my weird days in high school <laughs> what <laughs> so she weird around. days in high school Nuh-uh. yeah Nuh-uh. so rare <laughs> <laughs> it's different I would like to know mm-hmm. what does in your estimation black and brown queer culture in Vermont look like? Hmm. That's a good question, because I know I didn't know, I don't know that many black and brown queer folks in Burlington in general. Mm -hmm. So I'm not really sure what the culture is. For a long time, I didn't think that there was one, (laughs) you know? Mm -hmm. And then... I know I had, like, my friends who were black and brown and queer at UVM, so we all hung out together, and that was, like, my community of folks. Um, but, like, in terms of, like, in the city, like, outside of UVM, I'm not really sure. I don't really see that much of that. What, like, what do you think? Like, do you think it's present? You've been here a little bit longer than I have. 
Yeah, um, I think more and more, um, black and brown queer folks are trying to organize and sort of, um, foster a sense of community amongst themselves. I was at, um, an event yesterday that was, um, a waffle dinner for queer and trans people of color, and that was sort of amazing. Um, I I kind of instantly felt a sense of community, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean, through doing nothing but eating some delicious waffles. (laughs) (laughs) Right, exactly. Um, Actually, that's funny. Um, so while I was doing that, mm-hmm. I think I invited you to, I'm not trying to put you on blast, not, that's not, this is not like Wendy Williams, it's not like, I don't actually... You're not going to faint? <laughs> no, one's, no one's going to faint that I know of, um, and if they do, we'll take care of them immediately, obviously, but um, I also don't really watch that show, so I don't know how it goes, but I think that she likes to sort of like have guests on and then like trick them into saying things that might not make them look so good. So I just want you to know, I'm not trying to shade you, (laughs) but um, I invited you to um, the waffle dinner, and you weren't able to make it for a very good reason, I thought, if I do say so myself. Why weren't you able to make the waffle dinner? (laughs) It was the BSU fashion show. Okay, so the Black Student Union at UVM. The annual BSU fashion show, and that's like my favorite event on campus every year. You have, um, I've gone every year since I've gone to UVM. So how and, many shows is there? Um, that's four. That's <laughs> <laughs> so- keeping track. A of solid that. four. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like the best thing you have. It gives us a platform to. I feel like when it comes to black and brown people. Um, at least like where I'm from, style is really important, Mm, mm -hmm. you know, and the way you dress and how you present yourself. Mm -hmm. That's like one thing that my mom really ingrained in me, Mm. at least like from what I saw, because I don't know, my mom is my favorite person in the world. So Shout out mom. (laughs) So when she wouldn't leave the house without having her earrings on, and I was like, oh, you know what I mean? Like that's like her, like, I see it as like, um, like, warrior ass like mm. she's putting on her like garb to leave the house so that she's ready for the world and I'm like that's kind of like how it is at UVM I have to be I have to be presentable and mm-hmm. I feel like when you are black and brown it's kind of hard for you not to always think about how you look and how you are in the space mm. mm-hmm. so the way you dress and is how, important yeah and how other people perceive you is really important so then for us to have the fashion show every year as far as to look our best, to show out, and to show everyone that we're here. And I think that it's really important for that, especially because all the models were people of color. Mm-hmm. All the designers were people of color. Right. It was for the culture this year. Mm-hmm. So it was a lot of, like, Wakanda Forever. Oh, okay. Black Panther. Oh, okay. And it was just, like, it was so much fun. And plus, my best friend was walking. Oh, <laughs> so okay. I had to show out for her. Well, I hope that they worked, as they say. Oh, yeah. She didn't trip. Did they bring it? She bought it. Okay. She bought it. You you mentioned Wakanda Forever. Have you seen Black Panther yet? Yes, I did. Okay. Oh, my God. Give us a hot take on Black Panther. Um, 
It's the best movie, so watch it. <laughs> it's the best movie ever. <laughs> it's the best Marvel movie that I've seen in a while. A lot of people are saying that. Yeah. it's. Um, I think it talks about how it is to be an African-American in society, how it is to be an African in society. It touches on feeling, feeling out of place and wanting to go back home, but then that like dynamic of, I'm not from Africa, but I want to like embrace my heritage mm. and like embrace where I'm from, but am I even accepted oh. in that place because they don't know me, you know what I mean? Mm. And I don't really know like the traditions and stuff. So it's really, I don't know, it's really powerful. It brings up a story that's not really talked about often. And especially in a field that's like, um, in a genre that's like very whitewashed, you mm. know what I mean? Which is weird, because comic books aren't that whitewashed. Right. Comic books are pretty diverse, but you don't see that in the movies. When they get translated onto screen, yeah. sometimes they lose a bit of their impact. Yeah. A little bit of their um, social justice messages, originally, yeah. it sounds like. Like, where are like the queer X-Men? Where are the queer X-Men? They're in the comics. Right. You know? Are you a big comic book fan? I, I don't wa- um, read a lot of comics, but I watch the videos online. Like, uh, I watch okay. like comic reviews. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It's like, I'm too lazy to read <laughs> But let me see the summaries. <laughs> but the reviews will do sometimes. Yeah, I get yeah. that. Okay. I'm just like low-key nerd. <laughs> Not a high-key nerd. Low-key. Like a closet nerd? A closet nerd. Okay. Yeah, I'll come out eventually. Well, I guess I'm doing it now. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> this podcast is about revealing, I guess. So yeah. It's about confessing who you really are. So I'm glad that you could come out as a nerd today. Yeah. <laughs> Loud and proud. I think I'm a nerd, too. I think so. For what? For what? Oh, gosh. What am I, like, most nerdy about? Yeah. Oh, I think fashion, actually. Oh, That's nice. funny. Yeah, I mean, I'm not trying to, like, like bite your interest over here. No. I mean, I know that you're, like, attending fashion shows left and right, <laughs> um, but I want you to know that I also have an eye for design. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you can tell. Yeah. But, um... No, yeah, actually, since I was a kid, I was really into, like, um, like fashion magazines and stuff. Yeah. Uh, Lord knows how that warped my images of beauty and what's acceptable in society. Mm-hmm. Gosh. Yeah. But thankfully, like, fashion is taking a nice little turn right now. It's being a bit more inclusive, I think. Yeah, we're seeing more models, designers of color yeah. out front. Yeah. Like... Oh, I'm gonna be so much Gypsy Sport. Do you know them? Oh my god! I love Gypsy Sport. Yeah, shout out to Gypsy Sport. I love Gypsy Sport because like their clothes are like a little bit weird. The designers are like really cool. The models are always diverse. Mm-hmm. I'm just like that's nice to see. Yeah. Like I don't have to see size two women from Italy walking down the runway in gowns all the time. Because we don't all look like that. Yeah. Right. Isn't that the truth? <laughs> What kind of, like, fashion designers do you like? Um, people like Gypsy Sport, um, doing new things, things that are breaking, like, when I grew up, what I thought it was, like, a traditional fashion mold, which is 
European designers, yeah. European models, catering to people of European descent. Um, so really, you know, I think that um, certain like big name designers, like I mean, like Vincenzi. Yeah, I respect <laughs> you know what they do and the legacy. But I more like like or inspired by designers who are just like fucking it up, you know? What I mean? Yeah. Who are just being like oh, yeah. disruptive, just being who they are, and um, you know, becoming what people actually really want to wear. You know, when people realize they get an alternative and they're like, oh, this isn't that doesn't define what fashion is. Fashion can be this also. Yeah. And it's that actually this new thing looks more like who I am anyway. Exactly. It's powerful. That's cool. awesome. Alright, um, <laughs> are you ready for the last question? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> when do you most, or when did you last feel brown and out? Probably like last night. <laughs> what happened last night? Um, there was the after party for BSU. Oh, okay. Um, so I went out with my friends, we went to the party. Um, and I was just dancing with my friends, and you know, dancing is a way to, like, express that, and, I don't know, I was having a good time. Um, I was dancing, I, my friends at UVM are a lot of queer folks, oh, mm-hmm. so, you know, I feel like being queer and ratchet is a good time, <laughs> you know? Um... I, I was drinking for a loco. Oh, okay. So, it's, it's a good time, you know? Mm-hmm. For a loco and thought juice. And, and thought juice? Yeah. Which we all know, of course, is... Is a Rita. A margu- well, a lime Rita. Ah, a strawberry Rita. Mango Rita. Mango. I've heard it's a Have type. Have you had mango Rita? I can't confirm or deny that today. <laughs> I think it was Margarita Day a couple days ago, so I was like, let's celebrate. Margarita Day? Yeah. Where? In in the United States of America. I didn't know that. You didn't know about Margarita Day? I, I had no idea. You didn't celebrate it. That's, that's sad. <laughs> <laughs> it's a holiday. It is sad. Um, there are a lot of things that I regret. You know, <laughs> but next year... You're ready for Margarita Day. I'm going to be there. Nice. <laughs> um, okay, well... Thank you very much for... Thank you. No problem. Um, I'm so happy that we could sit down with you and chat about you and what's going on in your life. Um, yeah, so thank you for being on Brown Out. Is there any last thing that you want to say or shout out or um, whatever? Yeah, sure. Okay, I want to shout out No Names for Justice, um, who is doing amazing work at UVM and in the Burlington community to try and make it more inclusive for black and brown folks. Um, we're going to have general body meetings soon, so follow No Names for Justice. Um, no Names being one word, and then For Justice on Facebook, so you could keep up with the events. You could keep up with the activism they do live Facebook videos every time we have a protest, so that's a way of being informed. Um, and have a good time. I don't know. Have fun. <laughs> Life is supposed to be a good time. Heck yes, it is. <laughs> Life is supposed to be a good time. All right, Chris, thank you very much for being on Brown and Out. Thank you.